unconsciously tell ourselves like I'll feel good enough once I get to this place or I'll feel successful enough once I get to this place and then often we get to that place but we've already created our next list of to-dos if you don't celebrate you kind of just get stuck on a hamster wheel and you never actually reach the final destination where you celebrate yourself where you tap into pleasure where you feel worthy Hello guys, welcome back to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ebony May, and today is an interview episode with Asti Marie, sexuality expert and author, seducing women into their full potential. This is Asti's third time on the Real Health Real Talk pod, and this time she spoke about her brand new book, Pleasure Codes, why setting boundaries is so important, her flowy and feminine approach to business, and why we should celebrate our successes no matter how big or small. I absolutely loved recording this high vibe chat with Asti, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. Without further ado, here is my interview with Asti Marie. Asti, welcome back to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. Thank you for coming on again. Hello, gorgeous. It's such a pleasure to be back. You're the only guest who I've had on. This is your third time, which is so exciting. Is it? I thought it was my second. Is it my third? Yeah. So we did the original one when I first started, and then we did one just on confidence. (gasps) We did. Oh my God, amazing. I feel like I'm hogging up all of your all of your airtime for your listeners. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I feel like even that second one was so long ago. So it's good to have you back. Yeah. Thank you so much, babe. There's there's been a lot of shifts and a lot of changes since then. So I'm sure there'll be lots of new energy brought to this episode. Yes. And as I was saying before we turned the mic on, your energy just exudes like out of your stories when I watch it. And I feel so hyped and so high vibe from watching it. So I'm really excited to talk about everything you've got going on right now. But can you tell me a little bit about your past week? We'll do the real recap real quick. How's your last week been? Yeah. So as I said this week, I mean, like, I feel like my life is about to like do this massive shift and this huge up level, but I'm in like the quietness and like the in-between stage of like, I haven't quite let go of like the old me and I haven't quite stepped into the new me, if that makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like a few things have happened and I haven't even like mentioned this out loud yet, but I quit stripping last week officially. I mean, I haven't been back for four weeks, four months since isolation, but I was like holding on to it. Um, I guess out of scarcity mode and like, it's always been like my safety net. And one of my friends was like, nah, you're done, like quitting. So I've let go of that. So that mm-hmm. part of my my identity is gone and I am relaunching my business over the next couple of months, piece by piece. Um, so big shifts and upgrades happening in my business. So yeah, like just, yeah, big upgrades happening in every area of my life. And it's so exciting. So exciting. I love hearing that. How did that experience feel quitting stripping? Oh my God. So I actually, it's it's so funny how it happened because I've been thinking about it for a while and I kept making up stories in my head like, oh, maybe I'll just go back. Like if I need extra money for this, or maybe I can just work one night a week for like my extra pocket money for like going out and stuff. And it was just me making up all of these excuses because I was just afraid of letting it go. And I was, the way that it happened, it was actually me and my friend recording a podcast. So I quit in a podcast, which is obviously going to launch. Everyone's going to listen to it. So I'm like, oh, now I can't, like I have to quit. (laughs) Like I'm going to have all of my listeners holding me accountable. Um, So it was like, the thing is, it was really scary, but 
as soon as I said out loud that I was quitting, I felt like, I don't even know how to describe it, but I almost felt like energetically, like stepping into a new version of myself. And it was Mm -hmm. so dramatic. Like it was after the podcast that night, I was like, no, I'm actually doing this. So I was like, I have to get rid of everything in my house that ties me to stripping. So I picked up my bag, put on my stripper heels, the lingerie that I used to wear there, like my little bag that I'd carry my money around. I was like, I'm done. It's going in the bin. And it was raining that night, but I didn't care. I was like, I walked out my apartment in the rain down the street to the rubbish bin, like so dramatic. I dropped everything in the rubbish bin and then like strutted back. But yeah, it, it feels amazing. And I feel like, like I said, like I can't see it yet because I'm in that in-between stage, but a cord has been cut. And although I wasn't spending much time there, physically over the last few months I was draining a lot of my energy into it by not like by not energetically letting it go so I feel Mm -hmm. like I have cultivated all this energy and brought it back into myself which I haven't yet um used to project out into the things that I really do want to call in but I feel like that's probably going to show in the next couple of months in the way that my business begins to upgrade with the relaunch And how do you go about making a decision like that? Was it a a vibrational thing or an energetic thing? How do you go from when half of you is saying, I think I should stay, and then the other half of you is saying, I shouldn't stay? I know that when you said it out loud, you realized, but what led you to that point? I mean, it's because I knew that the only reason I was saying that I should stay was because it was coming from a place of scarcity and a place of fear. And I mean, what made, what gave me the little kick to actually let go of it is the deep knowing that I have that once you let something go that doesn't serve you and you hold a boundary with, with yourself and whatever that thing is, you create space for something new. So you have to say no to the things that don't serve you to create space for what does. Um, and the other thing which I kind of caught myself saying was about the money, like, oh, I, what, I could just go in and make a little bit of extra money. I also thought like you have to start living as your future self, right? And I was like, if I was making a million dollars a year, there's no way that I'd be sitting here going, oh, but I could go in tonight and make a little bit of extra cash. Like that just wouldn't be on my mind. Mm. And as we mentioned before we started recording, this is my second year in business and I made, I had a six figure year. So once upon a time when I was only stripping and that was my only income, I would have told myself, If I had like a business where I was making six figures, there's no way that I would need to be here. Mm -hmm. So it's like once you attach yourself and like create a story around something with like money and scarcity, it becomes what you lead with. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or how successful you are, it's still hard to let that thing go. So I told myself, I was like, well, I'm really at a place where I can let it go and I'm ready to, to get uncomfortable and to like to do something that scares me because I know that after doing so, something big is going to happen. And it's almost like an act of self-love as well because, I mean, there's nothing wrong with stripping. I did it for nine years. I loved it. It brought me so much. But me going in there now really does have an effect on my mental health and my energy. It's just not where I want to be. So it's kind of pulling me out of alignment. So in stopping that and setting that boundary is a really big act of self-love as well. Mm. Yeah, I had a really similar situation in my life recently. There was this job opportunity that I was going to go for and I didn't end up doing it because, and I said to so many people, I was going back and forth and saying to my friends and my boyfriend and like my sister, 
should I do it? Should I not do it? And they were all saying, yeah, just do it, just do it, just do it. And for some reason, I just kept on going back and forth. And I think I should have known then that if if everyone was saying do it and I still didn't feel good about it and it still felt the way that it did, I should have just not done it. But then as soon as I, and I went back and forth and I would have been so annoying to the person, but I was walking home from my other job, um, training clients. And I just was, I just thought, how does it feel if I say I'm not doing it? And I felt this weight lift off my shoulders and I thought mm. I'm not doing it. Yeah. If the thought of not doing something makes you feel free, then that's a sign. (laughs) Well done for listening to your intuition and not what everyone else had to say about it. Thank you. It was so hard. I've never gone back and forth on something so much, but I think that in itself is a sign. If you're, if you're going around asking lots and lots and lots of people, it's almost, I was sort of seeking validation. I think I was trying to find that one person who was like, no, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's like, it's not your, like, you can, you can lean on them and go, well, this person told me not to do it. Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. a safety thing. Exactly. I feel that. But I so didn't realize that until after. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, why did I not just like go with that feeling? Yeah. Well, that's exciting. It is exciting. I feel really good about it now, which is amazing. Um, So you spoke about your six figure in your second year of business, which is so exciting. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So you made a post about how you go about that and your process and it's probably not what most people would expect so can you talk about that a little bit yeah so it's kind of funny because I don't really have much to say on that in terms of like processes and um and the logical way of getting there in terms of like planning and strategy and all of that Mm -hmm. I set the goal I don't know, it must have been like a year ago. I made, On my vision board, there was one section that said, I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm making $100,000 a year in my coaching business. And I had that up on my, on my wall for maybe like six months where I was looking at every day. And then, I don't know, something came over me and I was like, I need to change my vision board. And I just like got bored of it. One day decided to go out, buy a new piece of paper, started from scratch. And it's in the same frame but my new one is like facing outwards. And I think my old one's still like at the back of the frame somewhere. So it's still in there, but I can't see it. Mm-hmm. So I totally forgot that I'd even written that, that manifestation. And it wasn't until I told my boyfriend, I was like, oh my God, like I made this much today. He was like, wasn't that written on your vision board? Completely forgot about it. And I feel like it's almost like I knew that it had already happened because I'd like taken away that vision board. It's like, subconsciously or something I was like I can create a new one because that's already happened Mm -hmm. and I think as well like forgetting about it made the process more easy and it allowed it to like come more naturally and allowed it to just flow to me instead of me trying to like push and hustle to get there because I've like I've found like over the last few years of my business the more that I focus on one specific goal and how I think it's going to happen I actually put myself in scarcity mode and under so much stress, sorry, so much pressure and stress that I actually pull myself out of it. So the fact that I totally forgot about it and just like kept going along in my business, following what feels good, following my intuition, it just, it just happened. Mm. So I have nothing really to share on like strategy and stuff like that. I mean, how I generally run my business is going with what feels good uh, prioritizing pleasure. And I don't even plan like what I'm going to be launching. Like I only, like I'll, I'll launch something and then start the process of holding people in that space. 
And then afterwards I'll be like, okay, what do I feel like launching next? I don't have everything pre-planned because I don't know how I'm going to be feeling. I don't know what, um, I mean, like, especially when you're coaching, I feel like whatever you're living in that moment, you're then holding the embodiment of your work. So you need to be teaching from moment to moment. You can't really pre-plan that stuff. And also, I don't know what my clients are going to be wanting to work on like later on down the year. So I really do take it one day at a time. Um, I even had a, uh, a meeting with my accountant a few weeks ago and he asked me for my two-year business plan, like what am I planning for the next two years? And I was like, I don't know. I kind of just follow pleasure and do what feels good. He just looked at me with the most blank look on his face. It was so funny. <laughs> so you said that you focus, you don't focus, sorry, on the how. Mm-hmm. Have you always been like that or was that a hard transition? No, not at all. So when I first started my business, I was working with a business coach and she, in a sense, was quite masculine in the, in the way that she did things. And she gave me a goal to get 10 one-on-one coaching clients, which now I wouldn't really work with 10 people. I love to have like five uh, coaching clients at a time, but I still never have like a set number of like, this is how many I have to work with. Mm-hmm. I just kind of let it flow on what feels good. But she had me set this goal of by this specific date, you're going to have 10 one-on-one clients. And all I could think about was by this day, I have to have 10 one-on-one clients. And it was like, it was so stressful. Every sales call I got on, it was like coming from like this super desperate energy of like, I need to sign you because I need to like, I need to reach this goal that I've set myself. Instead of picturing how my success looks in terms of all of the offers and how I show up, I want to of what I do now is think about how it feels. What is the embodiment of that? How do I want my days to look like? How does it feel energetically at the place that I want to be? And from that energetic place and that embodiment, I attract all of my success. So as soon as I like, I took a step back from that and I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to keep focusing on this need to have 10 one-on-one clients because I'm stressing myself out and it's just not happening. I just told myself, I was like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm just going to take a step back. I'm going to, I'm going to chill and I'll just see what happens. And it's like my vision went from being so narrow-minded on that one goal to like opening up to all of the potential and possibility around me. And I started creating uh, group coaching programs. I got asked to go and host a retreat with somebody. I got flown to New Zealand to teach. I got flown up to the Gold Coast to host an event. Like all of this stuff started happening and it was stuff that I had never even thought about before. It's stuff that I couldn't have planned. Like one thing I, I got asked to go and teach it or hold a workshop at a, a salon owner's event. So like beauty salon owners and hairdressers there's no way that I would put on my vision board. I'm going to go teach at this salon event. Like that just would not come into, into my, into my plan. Right. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you take a step back and just open, like all sorts of wonderful things can happen that you could never even dream of before. I love that. I remember you talking at that event because that's what triggered me to uh, ask you to be on the podcast again to talk about confidence because I was looking at you walking along the stage speaking and your presence was just so amazing. And I know afterwards you did say that you were a little bit nervous about it, but you could not tell at all. I saw you talking and I think he said something like, you're probably thinking, why am I here? Like it's about your addressing, but I can definitely by the end, they would have just been like, just lapping it up because it sounded so amazing. It was, yeah. Even I rewatched it and I was like, is that me? Oh my God, I'm amazing. (laughs) 
But it was funny because I was like, I was just being me. Like I wasn't trying to like mold myself into fit what I should be. And I can't remember what I said, but one of the girls was like, I fell in love with you as soon as you said, and I can't remember the exact words that I said, but the sentence had the word pussy in it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like talking at this like kind of like business expo and I'm talking about like pussy power. (laughs) So So random. So I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about your vision board. And I was just wondering personally, so do you think when you took that down, and I obviously know in manifestation, when you you put out the desire and then you do have to let it go and release it and not sort of Mm. strangle it, how do you balance that? So you said you have a new vision board. Do you feel like it's okay for those things to be up there or do you feel like you need to let them go and put them down? Or can you separate that and let them go whilst still envisioning them and seeing them every day yeah I think it's really hard to find like the combination of doing both because you still want to like visualize it in your mind as if it's happening I mean I guess the way that I look at it is I look at it and instead of coming from the place of like scarcity of like oh my god I really hope this happens like I don't look at my vision board like I really hope I get to do all these things that would be amazing I look at it and I'm like this is my future. I'm so excited. I can't wait for these things to happen. So, I mean, I kind of look at my vision board in the way of like, it's already done, if that makes sense. Yeah. So more so changing your perception on the Change the perception on it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I love that. Okay. I'm so excited to talk about this next thing because you are officially an author, which is so exciting. You have your new book, Pleasure Codes, coming out. And by the time this is released, it will be available. So there will be a link in the show notes. So guys get on it. I have a copy and I've just talked about talk to Asti about how I've been opening it at random spots and it's just juicing up my day. I love it. Can you tell us about the process from when you decided to write the book and how you felt through it and how it feels now to have it almost going out live? Yeah. So I know that I'm going to sound so woo-woo and I'm like saying all of this, but I never sat down and went, I'm going to write a book. I just started writing and it turned into a book. I don't know, from the beginning to end of the whole process was really pleasurable and it all kind of just flowed um, in terms of the writing. And yeah, I don't know. I'd like, I'm like, I'm like lost for words. I don't even know how to explain all of that. Um, I mean, lessons that I learned throughout the process of it. I mean, I got other people on board to help me um one thing that I feel like is important to add as well is I'm dyslexic I had like in in school I had learning difficulties I was always always held back in class because of my spelling and my writing um and I've written a fucking book so yeah don't let any of your limiting beliefs or insecurities hold you back because you can outsource those things so I got someone on board to do all the editing um for me one of my best friends designed the book for me so it's so gorgeous to look at um, I mean, there's lots of pictures through and it's all really colorful and pretty. So I view it kind of like a coffee table book where you're right. You can just pick it up and flip to one page and just read that one point. Um, it's not like a storybook where you have to read from beginning to end. And I think that makes it a little bit more fun too, but I'm so excited. Like these tips transformed my life and my sex life. And I can't wait to share it with everybody else. I love that. So when you were writing the book, did you have any particular person in mind? So I guess with everything that I do, I write it for my younger self. So not necessarily for people that are younger for younger than me, but people that are going through similar things that I once went through. So I was in a relationship, my first relationship, I actually didn't 
orgasm for two years and I never brought it up with him. I didn't know how to speak about my needs. I didn't know how to speak about my boundaries. I viewed my sexuality as a way to keep him and a way to keep him happy so that he wouldn't leave me. Um, I kind of brought that into my second relationship as well. And I, I grew up learning everything that I knew about sex from porn. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like the way that my body looked and my experience of, of orgasm, because that didn't fit into what I was seeing in porn, I for a long time thought that there was something wrong wrong with me. And for a long time I was chasing that model of orgasm that we see in porn, which is actually women acting out a male model of orgasm to please men. Yeah. So it's it's so crazy that we watch we grow up watching this stuff thinking that that's the way that it's meant to be and putting all this pressure on ourselves to perform in that way. And I mean, throughout this journey of like trying to chase that particular orgasm and then learning that there's so much more available to us, I have realized that like that is just one type of orgasm. Like the one that I'm talking about, it's like really hard, fast, explosive, comes out of nowhere. It's a very masculine model of orgasm. There's actually so many beautiful ways as women that we can experience pleasure. And as I was talking about before, like when you become really narrow-minded on one thing and how you think it's going to show up, you actually block out all these other opportunities. The same thing happens with orgasm. If you focus on how you think it's going to feel, how you think it's going to show up, you not only do you put so much pressure on yourself that you pull yourself out of orgasm, but you also lose touch with all of the different possibilities and ways that it could show up. So instead of like coming into sex with this masculine mindset of trying to force orgasm, I mean, this is all in the book as well, but I really teach women to go into sex with the intention just to experience pleasure, just to surrender open to the pleasure that's in the moment. And from there, you open yourself up to limitless possibility and limitless pleasure. So beautiful. It's, It's like so feminine just being in your pleasure instead of trying to chase it and being orgasmic instead of trying to have an orgasm. I mean, there's probably tips in there that people are kind of aware of in other areas of life, but the way that I teach sexuality is that everything in sex and everything that you learn in the bedroom that makes great sex, it's all the same tools and techniques that you need in life to live a pleasurable life. Mm -hmm. So as I was just saying, like, uh, the need to surrender and be present. That's amazing, obviously, in sex and in life. But in, also, in order to be able to fully surrender, you need to set boundaries. And we already touched on this, needing to say no to what doesn't serve you so you can say yes to what does. In sex, saying no to, to anything, partners, positions, um, any type of sex that doesn't turn you on so that you can say yes to the stuff that does. In life, you need to say no to things that don't serve you so you can open up space to what does. So you're all kind of interrelates. All of the sex work and everything that you need to live an amazing life, it all all connects. And if you master that in sex, you master it in life. Yes, I love that so much. And that's what I was thinking as well when I was reading it. It made me so inspired for other areas of my life too. I think it's it's really inspiring just all over. Yeah, it's not even just about sex. I mean, like cultivating pleasure within your body, whether it be sexual pleasure or not, it's not just about sex. Like when you feel good and you feel pleasurable internally, it changes the way that you show up to life and it changes the way that life shows up to you. When you feel good, you 
do good externally and you attract good. It's just like this spiral of goodness that just keeps getting more and more delicious and more amazing. So, so good. Um, So one of the things that you speak about a lot lately on your socials, it's also in the book, is boundaries. So Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what your relationship with boundaries is and why you decided to have your new masterclass for bad bitches with zero tolerance for bullshit, which I love that name. (laughs) (laughs) It's so powerful, right? So good. I feel like currently I'm just like the full embodiment of motherfucking boundaries (laughs) and I love to be like the embodiment of my work as I teach it as it adds just a little bit more potency to it I mean over the years I've gotten better and better at setting boundaries but just recently I mean um there's been the boundary that I set with myself and stripping there's been a few examples within my relationship um which I won't dive into too deeply but there's been big up levels within my relationship as well um even just last week I had to set a boundary within my business Um, so I actually have a retreat that's coming in October and the way that I've planned it is so it's at the, the pricing is all tiered. So you can pick how much you want to pay depending on your current circumstances, your current financial circumstances. And I had a girl book in and she booked the, the, the lowest amount. So if you're like struggling, if coronavirus completely fucked you over, maybe you're out of work or you don't have any savings. Um, she booked in that, 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 that tier. Mm -hmm. And I know her and I know that she's a stripper and I know strippers make a lot of money. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, this, this whole, uh, idea of having this sliding scale pricing system is so that people can just be honest and I don't have to like call them up, call them out. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, like I'm going to set this boundary within my business and I called her out on it and she actually ended up paying the difference and I mean it felt good afterwards I feel like as soon as you set a boundary there is a shift that happens Mm -hmm. you do step into like this new level of respect you respect yourself more and other people respect you more it's it's so powerful and that's where a lot of women like don't want to set boundaries we don't want to set boundaries because we're afraid in doing so that the other person might not like us, right? Mm-hmm. And so women are constantly, like a lot of us turn into people pleasers because we're trying to get the acceptance of, from other people. But if you stop worrying about being liked and instead look at it as a chance to be respected, there's just so much more power in that. If somebody is really keen to start setting some boundaries but they can't seem to get over that initial confrontation phase do you have any Mm -hmm. advice for them yeah so I mean one little tip is to first of all get clear on what your boundaries are I think a lot of people don't even realize when they're being crossed because they weren't set initially but if you feel like you are kind of starting to like resent people because you're spending like a lot of your time on them or a lot of energy on them um and they're kind of coming into your personal space, just feeling into the way that you're actually feeling around that. Like if it's something that you want to do, obviously it'll feel amazing. If you're saying yes, when you want to say no, it won't feel very good internally. So your, your emotions will tell you if there's a boundary that needs to be set. And then asking yourself, why am I not setting this boundary? And the way you can do that is you can ask yourself, if I was to set a boundary with this person, what am I afraid is going to happen? So usually it comes down to 
um, this person not accepting you, them not loving you, them not liking you. Sometimes it can come down to a safety thing. And that's a little bit different. If you're not setting a boundary out of, out of fear and not being safe, um, I mean, it's a whole different conversation and you might need to get someone to work with you through that. Um, if it's coming back to like not feeling loved, not feeling accepted, then you can ask yourself, how can I make myself feel loved and accepted? Because once you're offering that to yourself, you're validating yourself, then you will, you will no longer need the love and acceptance from other people mm-hmm. when you love yourself. And then what you can do with that, once you know that you're giving those needs to yourself, you're meeting your own needs, you can play around with ways that you would actually set that boundary. You can even go back and think of like the last time where you should have set a boundary where you didn't. And you can create a little visualization to play out that that moment in your mind, but then visualize yourself setting the boundary. And then not only that, but visualizing how you would love, ideally how you would love that person to respond. Because I mean, this all comes back to like visualization and the law of attraction. And if you visualize something, your unconscious thinks that it's already happened once. So then you feel safe doing it again. So the more that you visualize this ideal outcome, the less fear you're going to hold around actually doing it in real life, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah, so much sense. I love that. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. the other thing too is I think when you don't put in place boundaries that you need to and you begin to resent that person, it's not fair on that person either. So I feel like if you're really feeling bad and like you don't want to offend that person, at the end of the day, you're doing them a disservice by not putting that boundary in place because they don't know. Totally. And then you're also doing them a disservice because if you're, if you're, if you're never saying no, then even your yes is never a true yes. Mm. So you can never show up fully and give fully to the people around you if you're always saying yes. Yeah, Mm. 100%. And I love those people who you know are so good with saying no. When they say yes, you know that they really want to do that. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, she like, she really wants to support me with this. And it's exciting. It's not like, oh, she's just saying yes because she's a yes woman. She always says yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about is celebrating success, which you do with all of your things. And I love it. And it just, it raises my vibe just seeing it. Why do you think it's so important to celebrate success from the big success to the little success? And why do you think so many people are hesitant to celebrate their success? Yeah. So I think it's really important because obviously the energy of celebration is abundant energy. So not only when you celebrate something, are you saying like, yes, this is amazing, more please. (laughs) And the, the universe delivers you more, but you're also upgrading your energetic embodiment, right? And you're pulling yourself higher up into the level of like your next set of goals or dreams or desires. So it just, you just keep elevating your energy and then what shows up around you keeps elevating as well. Um, so I celebrate every little, every little success. Um, I mean, I think I've already had like 10 glasses of champagne to celebrate the book and it hasn't officially launched yet. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's so important. And I mean, as women, we, I mean, actually everyone, we work so hard because we have this, uh, this destination in our minds that we're wanting to get to. And we like, 
unconsciously tell ourselves like I'll feel good enough once I get to this place or I'll feel successful enough once I get to this place and then often we get to that place but we've already created our next list of to-dos we've already Mm. put on another uh, a goal that we want to to manifest so we kind of if you don't celebrate you kind of just get stuck on a hamster wheel of doing and doing and doing and grinding and hustling and working and you never actually reach the final destination where you celebrate yourself where you tap into pleasure where you where you feel worthy yeah I love that so much I actually recorded a solo episode today about about that similar thing it's so easy and I do it all the time we all do it it's we think oh that would be really nice and then you keep on moving the goalposts and as I look back on um my past like even with body image and all that sort of stuff I can see now that I would get to a certain point and just keep moving the goalposts further and further and further so I never actually appreciated that time yeah that's a good way to put it or like you're moving the finish line further you're like running this marathon and you nearly get to the finish line and it moves exactly exactly (laughs) oh my god it sounds like a nightmare (laughs) exactly but I think that's what so many of us do because when we're, I think when we're projecting into the future, we think this thing is so amazing. And then we often get closer and it's anticlimactic because we romanticize this, this vision of success or this definition of success. Once you actually get there, you think this can't be it. This will be it. And if you never actually, if you never actually tap into that, you'll never actually achieve it. So 100%. Yeah. So I guess like celebratory energy is the energy of like, I'm enough. I know that I'm enough right now, so I'm going to celebrate myself. And then when you know that you're enough, the next time something happens in your life or you uh, you up-level to your next realm of success or whatever that looks like, instead of it being like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening, you're like, of course it's happening because I'm enough and I'm worthy and I, I deserve all of this, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just flows more easily because everything that you're calling in is true to your identity your identity being I am enough. Mm. Whereas if you if you never take the time to celebrate yourself and never feel enough, then that's going to reflect in everything that you do and everything that shows up around you. Yes, so, so true. Asti, I have loved chatting with you again. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything about the book that you want to add? I don't think so. Just go buy a copy. All of the juices in the book so I don't need to spill anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. I'll have Asti's Instagram as well and where you can get the book and definitely go and do it and let us know what you think of the episode and let Asti know what you think of the book. So, so exciting. Thank you so much, Asti. Amazing, gorgeous. Thank you. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Real Health Real Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to hear or see more from me, my Instagram is at Ebony May Health. And until the next episode, I wish you happiness and real health.